You're listening to an Influicity podcast. You're tuned in to the Manjeet Minhas podcast. Thanks for joining me today on the Manjeet Minhas podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Christiane Germain, and she is the co-founder and co-president of the Le Germain Hotels. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here and uh, a pleasure to meet you. I've seen you, of course, on TV a couple of times, but it's always nicer to uh, sort of uh, be uh, on a one-to-one thing like that. Um, So my background, first of all, I am from Quebec City. I now live in Montreal, but I was was, uh, born and raised in, in, in Quebec City. And my parents were entrepreneurs. Okay, there. My father started a small. He had a small corner store where he was selling magazines and chocolates and sandwiches. And then he kind of grew his business into more a restaurant. And then in the mid seventies, uh, he moved into the real estate business. So he started buying some some real estate in Quebec City, and he, he was a pretty good business person. And uh, I started in in the restaurant business myself, and uh, and then when we uh, and the, our restaurants, my brother and I, because I did my studies in Toronto, hotel and restaurant administration. After quitting school, uh, I decided to go back, and I I went to Toronto because I wanted to learn English. And then came back to Quebec City and got into restaurants. And at one point in time, we were very young. We had four restaurants that were doing extremely well. And, uh, but the restaurant business is great, but at the same time, it's, it's very demanding. One of the restaurants we had, uh, we sold and, and, and then for we, we, uh, my brother and I went to New York. That was in 84, New York City to sort of check new ideas, you know, and see just, uh, and, uh, we fell in love with this hotel called the Morgan in New York City. And the Morgan used to be, it was Ian Schrager's first hotel. And we fell in love with it. And we came back to Quebec City. And my dad had a building, a commercial building, office building, that was kind of uh, getting old. And we said, you know, we should do a hotel with this. So he did not agree at first, but we finally convinced him. And so we opened our first hotel in 1988 in Quebec City. So we did that. And then we opened the second one in 1996. Okay. And so we had two in Quebec City and decided to move to Montreal. And that was our third one in 1999. And that was after opening Montreal that we decided that we were going to move outside Quebec. So Toronto and da, 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 da. So that's how, that's how we started the business. That's a pretty brave, bold move um, to open the first boutique hotel in Canada. And so what made you not only be so brave, but think that it was going to work in, um, in Quebec? We never thought, you know, people would, would ask us about, I mean, what makes you think that this is going to work? And we weren't very good at giving them answers because we were so convinced that it would work. And it's interesting because uh, 
We opened in April and, and it immediately worked. It was just, uh, it, it, it actually, we did very well right from the beginning. Yeah. Well, that's nice to hear. And I, I totally agree with you. Being young really helps sometimes because you're so naive. Yeah. I was 19 when I started. Yeah. And I agree with you. Your level of optimism. And to be honest, just not knowing too much about the world is actually a blessing. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, I'm today, I'm, I'm still very, I'm a, I've always been adventurous and I've always been willing to do new stuff. Today, I would say I'm a little, I ask more questions. Let's put it this way. Um, you know, be, you learned hospitality essentially from your father and from your family then. And so what made you want to continue and innovate in the hospitality business and move away from, you know, restaurants, but do still stay in that industry? Yeah, but you know what? Uh, I've not, I've never worked in a hotel before. Oh, always, okay. It was only restaurants. And yes, you're right. It's hospitality, but it's not exactly the same thing. Okay. okay. So I worked in, in, in the restaurant all my life. It was a service oriented business, which is the same as hotels. But when we opened our first hotel, I had never worked in a hotel. So it was, and I think it was, it was, I think it was a good thing not to have worked in a hotel before because we were, I mean, we didn't have any models. We just, we were doing what we thought was the thing to do, right? So, and that's probably why we came up with innovations because we we didn't know how to do, uh, how to, we had never worked in the hotel, so we did it the way we thought it should work. And that's how we were able to innovate. And uh, it's, it's, it's the same today when I hire people. I'm very careful about hiring people that come from other places, from other hotels, because I... I don't want them to necessarily do what they were doing in the hotels they were at before. I want to be able to create all the time, to innovate all the time. So it's not, it's not when you, you know, sometimes if you have too much experience at one place and you're trying to replicate, it's not what I want. I just want to make sure that we, I mean, the solution we have is the good one for us. And it's not necessarily what has been done elsewhere. Yeah, so many parallels in our story too, because I sold beer at my parents' liquor stores, but I never made beer. And while well, you still wouldn't want me to make your batch of beer, we learned the hard way too, which was not to hire somebody who'd worked at Molson's um, or Labatt. And it's like you had to unteach them to reteach them. Exactly. Oh, we, we, we made those mistakes uh, before we learned what our hiring practices are. But you know, I, you're right. We make those mistakes. But I think those mistakes that we made, you, you made and I did, were, I mean, they were, we learned much more from those mistakes than if we had copied everyone, what everyone else would have done, you know? So we were able to create our own niche by doing things in a very different way. And so talk to me about the actual brand. So the Leisure Main brands, yeah. and now you have the Alt um, Hotels, yeah. two yeah. distinctive brands. And tell me how you created um, the brands for each of them and what the vision. Yeah, the Germain was the, the first, I mean, it was the first brand we actually created. And it was, it became a four star um, a four star and it became our, the brand that would kind of identify us. Right. And 
we wanted to do like a, a Germain in Calgary, in Vancouver, in Toronto, in all those places. But we knew that if we wanted to take more, I mean, a bigger expansion in Canada, we would need another brand, a little less expensive, because this way we could address other markets like, you know, Saskatoon and all, you know, the middle middle right. market. So that's how we start, we created the other brand, Alt, which is a three-star. And this has allowed us to be present in some, in, in suburbs, airports, and middle markets. And just before the pandemic, we opened a new brand, Escad, which was another, another, another segment, uh, more into um, suburbs, university areas, um, longer stay hotel. Okay. okay. So Escad, that's what Escad is about. And uh, we, we opened it uh, right before um, the pandemic. So now it's uh, everything is stopped, but I'm sure there will be good potential for it when, when this ends and we're back to, back to business, I hope. Right. And so you were pretty, it was a very different concept with alt. I've stayed at many alt airport hotels. And so when you walk into the hotels and you walk into the rooms, they are very different than a traditional hotel. Tell me about a little bit of the design process and how you got um, to picking those things that were going to differentiate you in the marketplace. Well, I mean, one of the reasons when we created that brand, one of the things that we had in mind was the, 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 the price we were going to rent the room. And everything starts the beginning. I mean, the price goes with the construction cost. So we had to come up with a design that was smart, uh, but at the same time that we could reproduce uh, easily and where we could save cost in order to be able to uh to rent to a certain a certain price so for example i mean the rooms are all the same they're pretty small i mean i think they're they're the design is pretty smart so it's small but you don't feel like you're in a small room so this way we can actually put more rooms on the floor so you understand that this this business, I mean, this is a service business, but before becoming a service business, it has to, the, everything is in the cost of your construction. Mm -hmm. So location, the cost, and then once you have the building, you move to the service part of it. But before you do that, you have to be smart about designing the hotel. It's interesting because your business model kind of works backward. And that, that's a really unique way to think about it. But also to separate yourself. Because let's face it, most hotels at the big chains, the Marriott's of the world build, they're cookie cutter. They're the same. But all of a sudden, when you walk into an alt, you know you're in some place different. Yeah, no. And thank you for saying that because it, it's always very important for, for us. <laughs> if there are things that we can do, we have to make the good decisions and make sure that the guest is in a very comfortable and smart environment and wants to come back, you know, because my challenge is to actually rent this room day after day, mm -hmm. every day of the year. So it's, uh, it's not like an office space, you know. 
Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. So what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs that are, you know, starting right now as to how they get their ideas um, into concept? Well, first, I think you have a little bit, you have to be a little crazy. Hmm. Um, and which is, and, and to me, it's not being a little crazy. It's not negative at all. You know, it, it right. has to, it, it's, it's good. It's good, positive energy. And you have to be, um, well, of course, you have to believe in what you are in your idea. And you have to be able to create some rapidly to create some, some, some cash. Because if you can't do that, it's going to be, it's going to take maybe too long in order to get started, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think, and I may be, you know what, Manji, I may be influenced by by what I'm going through these days, but cash is so important. Too many people forget. The idea can be great, but cash, there's no business, right? No, but. And people think, oh, I have a great idea. Okay, yes, but, you know, how do you, what's the business model and how can you make money with your great idea? If you can't make money with your great idea, it's not a good, it's not a great idea. When you guys started, did you have outside investors or have you gone, you know, public? I mean, we started with, uh, as I said to you, uh, the building we had was my dad's building, okay? And my father was, um, he, he, ran, we, we, he signed us a lease, a hundred, a hundred year old lease. And then we had to find investors uh, because we didn't have uh, money. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did find investors. And uh, as a matter of fact, two of them are still with us. After all these years, yeah. Every time we have, because we we didn't go public, we're still a private company, but we have a lot of investors with us, institutionals and private. Mm-hmm. And two of our first investors are still, you know, they've inv- reinvested in, in the company, and they're still they're still with us. So, how do you decide who you surround yourself with, both in your professional life and your personal life? I think I have. I mean, I think it's a combination of being lucky and. Um, not wanting that many people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't need to be surrounded by, by, by a lot of people. Um, and I have always paid a lot of attention to my very close friends in a sense that when I choose them, I think, yeah, I'm very, I'm very particular about my friends uh, I don't, you know, I'm not a, a social, uh, social animal in a sense that I need to be with people all the time. So it's, uh, you know, and I've had, I've had my, I raised my daughter by myself. So that actually took a lot of my time. Um, and so the time I had, you know, when you, if you raise your child and you build a business, there's not that much time left for 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 other things. So I've always concentrate a lot of my life into my business and my and my daughter, and um, and on a professional scale, my the people that I'm that I work with, the values they share is probably what's most important. Of course, they have to be dedicated, but at the same time, if 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 we share the same values. 
um, it helps a lot to work together. And I, I guess as I got older, I got smoother. Hmm. When I was young, I was a little rough on the edges, you know, I was just like my, I had a challenge about being so young. So one of the ways that I was using in order to, you know, be, it was just, I was really, I was, I was tough. And as I got older, I became not as tough and I found it was a little easier to have, to keep the good people around me. Mm. So I guess there's hope for me still. I could get less wasty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my brother will be happy to hear that. <laughs> so do you consider yourself an introvert then? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's interesting. I was uh, I w- I had this this uh, this presentation the other day with uh, a professor at McGill University. He's all he's always very much into introvert stuff and extrovert stuff and all. And we uh, came to the conclusion that I really was half and half. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, sometimes I'm very I'm, I can be extrovert, but my real you know the, you know there's always uh, like a. a, a a hidden side of you and a real side of you. So my real, I'm probably an introvert, but I can be extrovert if I need to be. Good. A very good balance. Definitely. Yeah. So what kind of hobbies and things do you do that's outside or now of work? Um, well, traveling is probably my, my, my biggest one. This is what I really like. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I like a lot of travel is for work too. You must get a lot of inspiration. Um, absolutely. 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 And, uh, but I still do it for fun and Good. even for work, you know, even when I travel for work, I, I, I like it, you know, um, right after the first, the first wave, after the first lockdown, I drove from Montreal to Calgary and I was, I needed to do this. I needed to take, you know, get on the road. And I went to visit all of our hotels and I, you know, I had a good time meeting the teams and, but it was really, as soon as we were able to get out of our province and go to the other ones, I, yeah, I drove from Montreal to, uh, to Calgary and it was, it was great. I needed that. It was very important to me. Mm, good for you. So yeah. I guess we, we do have to talk about COVID and how it's affected um, the hotel industry and, you know, specifically even your businesses. So um, we all know that people aren't able to travel um, right now. And, and naturally that affects a lot of different businesses, but definitely hotels. So how has it affected you guys and where are you guys at? Are all your hotels open right now across the country? Yeah, we never closed. We, we, we stayed open all the time. Uh, I mean, the best way not to get business is to close, right? So we, <laughs> so we didn't get too much business, but we got a little. Well, I won't, I won't try to tell you that it's, it's, uh, it's easy. It's, it's really difficult. Uh, business is really tough, but I, I strongly believe that we will be there when this will be over. Um, and, uh, I think there's going to be some revenge traveling when this is, when this is over. So I'm very confident that the uh, business will, uh, will, will come back. 
you know, the challenge is it's going to take a while. It's going to take now there's a little uh, there's a little light with the vaccine stuff that we we keep hearing about the news about the vaccine. So uh, we are able to put a date to this, like, you know, probably I think um, next summer we should we should start seeing some some picking up in our business. But, you know, it. It took us. It's gonna. This this thing is gonna take us back five years. You know, it's just. Um, it yeah, we're the most affected kind of business there is. When it happened, I have to say that it was a real shock. Mm-hmm. Um, when you we have thirteen hundred employees, we now have two fifty. So when you have to uh, lay off that number of people, you know, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the things that really pleased me over when I look back at what I have done, one of the things that really pleased me is the jobs that I have created, the families that are working for with you for us. You know, it's just that is really something that I feel good about. So, laying off those employees was really really tough. Mm-hmm. So we have to do it. And um, so now we're in a okay position, I guess. You know, it's we never know what's going to happen, but I'm confident that uh, by the end of 2021, we should be uh, in a better position than we are today. Yeah, and yeah, I, I really do hope so. Definitely for the entire uh, hospitality industry. Yeah, what keeps you so optimistic and positive? Um, this is how I am, uh, and this uh, this adventure has uh, taught me a lot about about. I mean, the key word of all this is resilience. I mean, if you, I mean, there's so much you can do when things are not going the way you want them. There are things sometimes you can change, which is fine, change them. But there are other times when you can't change them. So you have to you have to sort of. Um, live with it and as i said earlier um in 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 a situation that we're living now cash is really 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 important Mm -hmm. and we started it with some some in our bank account so we and we have great investors we have great bankers i guess um and they they still believe in us so it shows, you know, Manjit, it shows the kind of relationship you create year after year. I mean, yes, sometimes you will, you, you will get, go, get into uh, uh, arguments and fights and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you have to be, I mean, there, it's, it's people you're dealing with, right? It's, uh, and um, when you go through a situation like the one we're going through now, I mean, those relationships that we have built over the years, I mean, it, it shows. They are there, right? And, uh, uh, of course, I mean, if this lasts forever, it won't be the same. But as we speak right now, um, we have a, a great team of investors that are still with us, and they're supporting us. So what was the best advice that you've ever been given as an entrepreneur? to to stay to stay focused um it's it's you know when you're an entrepreneur it's easy to be carried away in all kinds of directions 
because good ideas and all kinds of, you know, it's, it's easy. But at the same time, if you go too much in all kinds of directions, you may, it may lose you at one point in time. So being focused on what you do and what you do best, I think is, is you, you know, you can play with a few other things on the side, but I think your core business, you have to stay focused and, uh, make sure you, yeah, don't go like this too much. Got it. And so is there any advice that you would give your 20 year old self today that maybe could have helped you out in the, in the, in the coming decades? Well, you know, when I look back, I think, um, I think I wouldn't have stopped going to schools that early. I would have continued if I were to, I, you know, we don't like to say that we have regrets. I don't have regrets, but if I was to redo something, I would certainly go to school a little longer. Yeah. I would have saved some years, some hours of, uh, of, uh, yeah, there are a lot of things that I had to learn by myself and it was, it was a lot of, it was tough. Yeah. And do you think that um, educating and taking um, hospitality industry education when you went back to school helped you? No, you know what? It didn't really help me because I didn't go to school. I was there, but I didn't attend the classes. I was not very good. <laughs> I was not very. I, I was a, a, a bit of a dropout, you know. So uh, no. No, I wasn't very good at going to school. So you've learned a lot um, by actually being on the job. Yes. And that's, that's where I was, you know, I was at school and I didn't like it. And I, you know, I was always looking for a job and I was always finding jobs because any job I had, whether I was a cashier or whatever I was doing, I always felt at my place. I always felt comfortable. You know, I was one of those. Yeah. So do you consider yourself a perfectionist? Um, I'm just, certainly in a way, yes. And, and, and that being said, I don't think it's a, it's a bad thing to be a perfectionist, but it's just not, you can't be perfect in everything. You know, it's just sometimes you have to let go a few things here and there. What, how is your business doing? Well, our business has had its up and downs too, you know, um, you know, liquor was uh, deemed an essential service, uh, but we also did switch to hand sanitizer. Uh, oh, you did? Oh, okay. We made a lot of hand sanitizer when the pandemic hit. Um, and so, you know, liquor production has been down though, definitely, because there's no, you know, concerts, no festivals, no sporting events, no you know, weddings and parties, um, and, but people are still at home and enjoying a beer and, you know, um, a martini. So that's been really great. What's, what's your, what's your biggest market in Canada? Um, you know, out West, definitely out here, out West, um, Alberta, Saskatchewan, um, Manitoba, we're, we're slowly getting into the East. Um, the United States is a big market for us, definitely. So how, how were you, I mean, what's the strategy you use to go to the States and you're not in the East? I mean, what's, uh, how did you do that? 
Well, basically, that's because of the Canadian regulations and governments being involved in the selling of liquor in Canada, which does not exist in the United States. In oh. the United States, it's a free market. Very I different. I have to go. Uh, I have to compete um, with a lot of unfair forces when it comes to getting government listings. It's not about who has the best product and what customers want in Canada. And do the Americans know that when they buy, when they drink your product, it's Canadian product or they don't know and they don't care? Well, for the American product, we produce it in the United States. The owners are Canadian. Um, do most people know? I'd say no. Oh, it's interesting. But so you produce in the States. Okay. Where in the States do you produce? Uh, we have facilities throughout North America, actually. So everywhere, but mainly in Wisconsin. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Congratulations. It's a great, yeah, great success. Great. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a journey ourselves too. And it's been fun um, going through the ups and downs of, of being an entrepreneur with my brother too, somebody to, you know, cheer me on, on, on low days, but also to celebrate successes with. And so we too are kind of yin and yang uh, with a lot of the things that we do, but not to say that we don't butt heads because we definitely do. <laughs> um, but like you say, we know we have to go on family vacation and meet each other at mom and dad's house for dinner, you know? So. <laughs> You know, it helps sometimes, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it helps keep things in perspective because I definitely have a lot less patience and I'm older like you, not by much, but I am older. And so I, I definitely, uh, you know, I, I know where, and he knows too, I think we know each other so well over the years is that we, we know what ticks each other. <laughs> Do you, are you the only two in the family? We are. There's just two of us. Okay. Okay. And how about you? No, we, I mean, we are three and, oh, okay. uh, and the, my younger brother, I mean, I'm the oldest and Jean-Yves and I are partners and the younger one was with us, but we bought, we bought him back, um, I would six years ago, I think. Yeah. I think it was a very good decision for both. There was a bit of negotiating, you know, you, when you, when you sell, you always think that it's not uh, the price is not right. I mean, you know how it is. But at the end, I think it was it was a good it, it was good for everyone. He's very happy, and we're happy. So that's that. Yeah, it worked out I okay. I think that's a really important fact, actually, to know that just because something starts some way, it doesn't mean it has to end some way, and yeah. it can be an evolution. You know, we all change as we get older, and our companies change. Yeah, and it's not necessarily because it changes that it's bad or, you know, it, it, it's not, that's the nature of things, right? So Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. The world around us changes. And so therefore, yeah, we, we change too. And it's a good thing. Well, thank you so much once again. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. It was a pleasure. And uh, I really enjoyed the time uh, being with you. I will definitely think of you the next time I'm able to travel and stay in one of your beautiful hotels. Thanks for listening today. Please join me next week for another all new episode.